Hello and welcome to Sanford Uncut, a podcast for developers about building great products. Today, I'm excited to welcome Emil Walsh. Emil, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Great. So Emil comes from Traffic Labs. Emil, please give us a brief intro of yourself and what Traffic is doing. All right. So a quick intro. I'm a developer and uh, have an yeah, engineering background. So I created Traffic five years ago, back in uh, 2015. At that time, I was working on uh, setting up microservices platform. And it was very early at that time, no Kubernetes. It was the early times of Docker, these kind of things. So not so much tools around here. And I needed to um, expose those microservices on the internet. And it was not possible to do it manually because we had to manage like 2000 microservices. So we had to automate everything. And this is when I came to the idea of creating a fully automated reverse proxy that would be integrated into the microservices platform back then, which were Mesos, Docker, these kind of things. So yeah, that was kind of a simple idea just to automate a reverse proxy for microservices. And that was it. So I created, I mean, I worked on a POC and a few months later, I open sourced it on GitHub. And it was kind of a surprise because <laughs> from day one, the project got a huge success on GitHub and the community quickly grown around the project. I decided to quit my job, founded a company. And yeah, here we are today. We crossed 2 billion downloads, which is kind of crazy. 30,000 stars on GitHub and more than 500 contributors. So yeah, I mean, I was clearly not waiting for that. It was kind of a huge surprise, right? <laughs> From a simple side project to a big open source project, but it was kind of a nice surprise. So yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, Sanford has published an open source book called CI-CD with Docker and Kubernetes. It combines just the right amount of best practices and practical advice for shipping cloud-native apps. Download your free copy today at sanfordci.com. You said that open source projects sparked initial fire for the company, which you are CEO of today. You explained what was that initial spark to start the project. Can you maybe give us an overview what traffic is today? What are the main things for the traffic labs and what are you guys focusing on? Yeah, 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 of course. And maybe I can start with first why microservices appeared, right? Because this is really the beginning of everything. So, um, I mean, as you probably know, the internet traffic is growing crazy those later and it's going to grow crazy for the next following years. And a few years ago, facing this huge global IP traffic spike, we needed to change our infrastructure, right? We went from monolithic to microservices, from human scale to cloud native, from craft operations to industrial. Basically, we automate everything, right? So we need to write many new tools we need to write orchestrators like Kubernetes. We use now containers, which was not the case 10 years ago, thanks to Docker. And basically the whole ecosystem was born. 
And we also need to make a revolution in how the networking stack is managed. Basically, we have to automate all the networking stack from the application networking to the user networking, to the edge, right? And that's exactly where everything started with traffic, automating the container networking, right? Automating the application networking. So that's exactly where is traffic, right? It's a cloud-native application proxy. So today, it's one of the biggest, I would say, open source projects in the infrastructure. And the idea of traffic is that it gives you cloud-native integration in any kind of orchestrator, like Kubernetes, Docker, Swarm. It could be also Rancher on Amazon with ATD, any kind of KV stores. It gives you auto-discovery of configuration and advanced features like observability with metrics tracing. It supports any kind of protocol like, of course, HTTP, but also TCP, UDP, gRPC, WebSockets, HTTP 2, 3, you know, everything. It has Let's Encrypt integration, and it gives you advanced traffic management with Canary deployment, mirroring. Basically, it's an advanced reverse proxy made for microservices. So that's what traffic is. But we have also been working on other parts of the networking stack. So traffic is managing the inbound traffic from the internet to your infrastructure. But you may have also some needs with internal communication. I mean, service-to-service communication. So that's what is a service mesh, basically. So service mesh is a tool that give you observability and traffic management control over your service-to-service networking. And we have been working on traffic mesh, which we call the simplest service mesh. I mean, in response to the existing service mesh, like Istio, for example, which is one of the biggest service mesh created by Google. So Istio is extremely powerful. It comes with... uh, feature rich. It's really feature rich, but it's also extremely complex. It comes with a bunch of components. It's kind of heavy. And although service mesh are really a real need for many companies, on the other end, we do think that we could work on complexity and give a more simple tool. So we have been imagining something different with a different architecture. On the one hand, Istio is based on sidecar architecture, which means you deploy a reverse proxy for each application, and then everything goes through those reverse proxy. It's one architecture. It's kind of resource intensive because if you have 2,000 applications, you have 2,000 reverse proxies. And it's also kind of complex. You have to manage all these proxies and manage all those things with many components, many moving parts. So we decided to go with a per node reverse proxy architecture which means we only deploy one reverse proxy on each Kubernetes node and that is shared with many applications deployed on this node, many pods. So it's a lot easier to scale. And also, of course, it's less resource intensive. And we also went with a different way to catch the networking requests instead of using IP table, for example, to uh, intercept the traffic, we went with a non-invasive architecture based on DNS. Mm -hmm. And basically, we don't inject anything in pods. 
and we think it's a bit safer <laughs> to not touch to IP table. And also, I strongly believe that simpler solutions are preferred over complex, over-engineered solutions. So that's why we went with uh, alternative to the service mesh problem. Even if it has a real different architecture, it's feature-rich, right? It's based on traffic as the reverse proxy. So it comes with the traffic usual features with advanced traffic management, advanced observability, security with access control, any kind of protocol support. I mean, it's a full-feature service mesh, but with a lightweight approach and a different architecture. With Istio, application is not aware as those IP tables are you know, changed and then uh, your individual services kind of don't have to do anything. But yes, you get that Sidekick container, which is sitting next to your app. And from the goodness that I have, you know, seen that our team like got and used is that you can follow what is going out of your container, you know, requests that you are making. You can trace them, observe them or retry them or, you know, do various other things with them. And on the other side, the receiving end, if the two microservices are communicating together, you get also that same goodness of retries. And as you said that you use DNS as a less invasive solution. And you can get all of that still. Is that right? It's going through that node-level uh, instance of traffic which is running, right? Exactly. In fact, thanks to DNS, we intercept the network traffic and route the traffic to the reverse proxy on the node. And then thanks to that, we can do whatever we want. At the bare minimum, we have some observability metrics on every request, so which is the first thing we need, but we could also have some traffic management thing like load balancing, retries, circuit breakers, rate limiting. So we can do the same things. Yeah, in the end, that was my point, just to kind of stress out that although it's not sitting as a sidekick container, still everything is possible. Yeah, exactly. That's something we have been working about for a bit more than a year right now, and it's an open source project too, Traffic Mesh. We have also been working on something different, which is a SaaS platform. It's our last product. It's called Traffic Pilot. And basically, it's a control center for traffic. So it's a centralized SaaS platform. And it's also a plugin hub for monitoring and managing all your traffic instances all over infrastructure. So it comes with a unified dashboard that lets you visualize and monitor all your traffic instances from one place, which is super convenient. It gives you some observability and control over all these instances. You will receive security vulnerability updates automatically, and you receive some alerting if you have something which is down. Right now, it's only a first step of our strategy, but it's already super useful. All the team is using it for their personal project. I use it myself and it's extremely useful. And it's also interesting because it's a plugin hub for traffic. Traffic comes with a plugin mechanism based on a project we have been created, which is called Yagi. It's a Go interpreter written from scratch by our team, another open source project <laughs> made by Traffic Labs. And yeah, we use Yagi, this Go interpreter to have plugins on traffic 
and they are hosted on uh, this hub traffic pilot. That's also pretty convenient to share your own plugin with the community. Again, everything is open source with this plugin mechanism. So uh, that's pretty open and pretty uh, useful for the uh, community. And so that's what we do. And of course, we have a commercial offering, which is called Traffic Enterprise. And basically, it's a platform which is an all-in-one ingress API management and service mesh. And it reuses our open source project in one platform. And it comes with advanced feature for every moving part. For example, on the API gateway part, we have advanced access control. We have, for example, the uh, Vault management for the certificate. On the access control I just said, we have Jolt, OOT, OpenID Connect, these kind of things. And what's interesting is that it's not only one reverse proxy, right, like traffic. It's a whole platform which is scalable and which is resilient, which means if you lose one of the parts, it still works because it's resilient. It's like a cluster. So that's what we have been imagining for companies, for enterprise. Basically, it's a production-grade distribution of traffic and service mesh and an API gateway all-in-one. So yeah, that's what we have been doing at Traffic Lab. That's our product line. And just to give you a bit more details on Traffic Lab itself, we are currently 40 employees in a highly distributed way, like many open source teams (laughs) around the world. We were born on an open source project on top of an open source project. So we grew distributed. So we are distributed in seven countries, in Europe, in the US, in Brazil, in South Africa. So yeah, that's pretty diverse. And I would say half of the company is working on uh, open source projects and the community, and the other half is working on uh, commercial products. That's great, yeah. Yeah, for people who are into that open source line of work, that's great. Not so many years ago, working on open source things and getting paid was not a thing. (laughs) And it's great that it is today. Exactly, especially if you were born in Europe, which is the case of traffic. Today, everything is possible with open source, so that's a good news. Hey, I'm going to take a quick break here and tell you that Sanfor has a new book out called CI/CD with Docker and Kubernetes. If you are looking to deploy cloud-native apps, it's going to show you the most productive way of doing that. And the best of all, it's free. Download your free copy today at sanforci.com. Okay, great. Thanks for giving us this uh, great overview of, let's call it a traffic ecosystem and how those things play together. Maybe to connect to your story in the beginning where you described that you had uh, hundreds or thousands of microservices that must work together. I mean, our story in this world is a bit different. We come to, let's say, at least Kubernetes world a bit later. I think that we starting using Kubernetes like roughly three years ago. And it's also part of a personal story and the story of our team that very, very early when we wanted to run something in production, really, we figured out that without a service mesh or you know something that will help us with that networking and observability, we were in a sense flying blind. 
And although we can be working on distributed systems as CI, CD, you know, provider, it's like kind of inherit to your system that it is distributed. In terms of our application layer had so much networking in between, it was hard for us to generally manage that. So what I want to ask is for someone, as many people and many companies are embarking on their Kubernetes journey, you know, from small companies to, you know, huge enterprises, what would you say if someone would want to check out the traffic ecosystem, get into it? What would be the journey that would you suggest in that maybe learning curve, experimentation curve? You mentioned that a lot of things are open source and can be tried very easily. And I assume there are a lot of materials also on it. But what would be your recommendation for people embarking on that Kubernetes container journey? Like you said, the biggest risk in this ecosystem, in this cloud native ecosystem, is to get lost. Because I don't know if you know the uh, cloud native landscape, which is made by the foundation. It's kind of huge and it's not even possible to make a choice, right? I mean, there are too many tools to do too many things. And even if we narrow focus to the networking stack, even then it's extremely complex to know what exactly you need. So my first advice for someone who would start with Kubernetes from scratch would be to learn as few tools as possible and not to go big at first. I would not recommend to go with a service mesh at first. It's kind of complex already, even with traffic mesh, which is extremely simple. It's not necessary from the beginning. So I would recommend to uh, stick with the uh, vanilla Kubernetes at first. And then once you have a need, only then you look for a tool for you and you will probably need of course, an ingress controller at first. And so that's something you will probably have a look very quickly because you will need to uh, expose your microservices on the internet. And maybe later you will need a service mesh, but I don't think it's something you need at the beginning. You will need a service mesh once you have at least several dozens or hundreds of microservices on several clusters. And at that moment, yes, you will need probably a service mesh, but not from the beginning. But this is only the beginning. I mean, we still don't have the perfect solution, right? When we see the uh, cloud native landscape, we can see that we still have a problem, which is the complexity of everything, right? I mean, even when you are in this ecosystem, like Traffic Labs, for example, it's extremely complex to know what's going on, right? So we still have this problem of complexity. And I think at the end of the day, we will end up with simpler solution, right? We have been trying many things. For example, Istio for me is a good example of what a complex tool and very effective tool could be, but also extremely complex and not for everybody, not made for everybody. So it's a good first try for service mesh Istio, but it's probably not the final solution most people will end up with. That's my belief, at least. So I think the next step for the cloud native ecosystem, in my opinion, is to simplify, to leave people with a more clear choice when they begin with Kubernetes, for example. I don't think people need to have the choice between 20 or 30 tools to do the same thing. And I hope in the future we will find uh, consensus on this product line. <laughs> yeah. You reminded me that in the beginning you were faced 
I mean, it's like a progression. You have to kind of finish one thing to be able to see the next. And uh, as you decide, okay, we are going with Kubernetes. It was obvious, I guess, in 2017 or 2018. But then there is a next choice. And after you make that choice, there is a next choice that you have to make. It was a struggle because you're in that game. You need to identify who will be the, let's call winners. You are to some extent betting on some solutions. And from the time that you have spent in this ecosystem from very early days, 2015, were very early days for Docker also, and the progression, how it's going, what do you think that lays in front of us in terms of consolidation or like, you know, figuring out what those simple solutions will be? How long we will have to wait for that in certain areas? <laughs> I don't know how long, but at least years, of course. I think we are at the... Uh upper level of the bell curve in terms of number of tools we have. And now we will have consolidations, but it will take years. It already started. I mean, many companies got acquired by many bigger companies with late months, and it will continue. And I suppose that, yeah, as you said, we will have some winners at the end of the day. And that's my guess. The product that will win will be the product that will end up simplifying the job of companies. Instead of bringing crazy features, simplicity will win in this ecosystem. That's my guess. Yeah. I can, let's say from my side, say that it feels the same from the perspective of a CI CD provider. I mean, what people want from your, in our case, SaaS product is that they want to feel smarter and empowered and not to feel kind of, you know, stupid, oh, I don't know this many things. There are so many things that I have to learn to become successful. It's much better, you know, if a product or a tool makes you successful <laughs> and empowered, those are the products that we all love, <laughs> not the other way around. And by the way, you are really successful doing that at Semaphore. I mean, traffic is using, I've been using Semaphore since, I don't remember when, but for years now, for its open source builds. And I mean, we never <laughs> regret this migration and we tried many things before. So yeah, you clearly succeeded in creating a simple tool, but very powerful. <laughs> yeah, thank you for those kind of words. Yeah, we have been pushing that a lot. It's a struggle. It's a struggle between, you know, so many features making something so powerful and on the other hand, making it easy to use. As you said, with the tools, what you detected for Istio is that, okay, it's super powerful, but maybe it's not the last one. And the simplest one, yeah, it needs a couple of iterations, which in turn need a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Great. So if I mapped in my head traffic landscape correctly, in case people want to try out traffic mesh, it's an open source thing which they can just, you know, take and get started with. And then what would be the next step? They can plug that into traffic pilot to get a rich insight into what's going on. Still not yet. Pilot, I mean, for now is only working with traffic, but that's a good question because we are clearly working on that. It's working progress and pilot will gain more and more, I would say, features and importance in our portfolio in the coming months because we clearly think that traffic was just the beginning. It was just a start. Clearly, we succeeded with traffic because it was open source, cloud native, and simple to manage your request 
on a cluster, but there are many other moving parts in a networking stack that still needs to be automated, right? When you think about DNS management, when you think about edge features like GSLB, when you think about web application firewall, when you think about all these things, not so much is automated yet, right? And not so much is fully integrated with the cloud native stack. You still have to do it basically yourself when you build a microservices platform. And so that's exactly where is the future for Traffic Labs. I mean, copy past the uh, successful pattern of traffic on the rest of the networking stack. Great, great. And looking into this year forward, what's the biggest thing that you are looking forward to launching? Is it pilot? So the biggest thing we will launch this year, I can't tell many details, but it will involve traffic. It will involve pilot. And I would say the rest of the networking stack too, so that it will involve the integration between everything. Okay, so there is element of surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, great. So yeah, in that case, thank you so much. And I will link in the podcast show notes, link to traffic, Twitter, and to your Twitter account also. So people can, you know, be first to know what is coming out of Traffic Labs in this year. All right. Thank you so much. It was a great discussion with you. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Bye-bye.